the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He knew when it was time to stand up on that mountainside in Matthew 5 through 7 and teach. He understood the importance of giving. He gave us all, and he knew how to lead. He took 12, and well, one of them went by the wayside, but the other 11, they changed the world, and he embodied love. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I love the sound of a clock. Tick tock. Tick tock. It's something about listening to that sound in the quiet room that doesn't distract or frustrate me. It actually draws my focus and attention together. I, I especially love little clocks, <laughs> watches. I I collect watches. None of them super nice. I've I've loved to purchase watches on my travels. That's one of my souvenirs around the world. And in fact, usually the watches that I I purchase, um, sometimes I would call them like a Folex. Have you ever heard that term? (laughs) Uh, A fake Rolex. So I'll go into a market somewhere around the world and I, I may buy a fake nice watch. And so I have a few watches. And before Christmas, I decided it was about time that that I got some more of my watches working. So I, I found a great watch repair store, and, and I took a few watches, well, 14 watches to be exact, that weren't working. I took them to the repair store, and it was interesting what I learned. I, I recognized I, I really didn't know what had made these watches tick. In, in fact, um, this great... Uh, friend from Lebanon who was working there, he, he smiled. I mean, he looked at one of my Folexes. He said, now that's a nice one. Almost fooled me, <laughs> but didn't. Uh, but he would take the different watches and, and on some of them, he said, hey, this just needs a battery. I'm like, okay, well, let's replace the battery. Um, on some of them, they said, hey, this is an, an, an automatic watch. <laughs> He's got to wear it. You got to use it for it to, to work. There was another one that he said, this needs to be wound and regularly wound. Um, there were a couple that the, they had sat without a battery so long that he said, you're not fixing these. It's not worth it. Um, and then there were a couple that were broken. And, and I realized there were different things that made all of those watches tick. And as I thought about that, I, I thought about the 30 years or so that I've spent either training or investing in, in people like you and me and in, in the church and ministry. And, and I realized how many Christ followers don't understand what makes us tick spiritually, what, what motivates us, what drives us to that point of service in the body of Christ. And as a result, way too often 
We're not doing what we should be doing. We don't look like we should look. We're not healthy as the body of Christ. And and that's what Paul is addressing in Romans chapter 12. Now, we've been talking about spiritual gifts. Let me remind you what a spiritual gift is. Spiritual gifts are those divine or God-given abilities, those capacities that enable a follower of Christ, so it's distinct to Christians, it enables a follower of Christ to to serve and, and to minister for the glory of God. I mean, there's a very clear purpose of what a spiritual gift is. But throughout my life, I've discovered there are a lot of Christ followers who have spiritual gifts that are unwrapped or, or that are wrapped. They've not been unwrapped. They've not been utilized for the glory of God. And, and so w- what I'm trying to do is to, to bring you to a point where you unwrap your gift. Because when you unwrap your gift, life is more enjoyable. You begin to experience life the way God intended you to. And you're fulfilled in your faith journey. And, and when you unwrap your spiritual gift, The church is always edified. It's built up. It becomes stronger and more healthy. And and when you unwrap your spiritual gift, Jesus is always exalted because you're pointing others to him. And and people see him in you. And that's what Paul was trying to, to explain to this church at Rome. Just like he would try to explain to the church at Corinth, which tells me this was a problem in the church way back then, and it's still a problem in the church today, and we need to hear it. So Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, this is the word of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, this verse begins with a word that I heard my father, my pastor, address even as I was a child. He would say this, when you see therefore in the Bible, you need to ask, what is this therefore? What is this connecting? What is this saying I need to be looking to? And that sounds so simple, but it's so helpful because I, I never just want to gloss over a therefore. And Paul here, he gives us a hint into the therefore because he says, in view of God's mercy. You understand what mercy is? Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. So the whole book of Romans in theological terms is is thought of as a soteriological book, a book about soteriology or salvation. It describes our salvation. And a lot of you even have learned a way to share your faith through Scripture from Romans called the Romans Road because it outlines everything it means to be saved and what it means to experience God's mercy. For example, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so this verse reminds us that we're all in the same boat, that we all have missed out on God's ultimate design, that we live life perfect and pleasing to him because we're all sinners. So we're we're not sinners because of the bad things we've done, though that's contributed to it. We're sinners because that's who we are. We're born that way, sinful and separated from God. And every one of us is in that category. But it doesn't stop there. The road goes on to tell us in Romans in verse 23 of chapter 6, that the wages of sin is death. So guess what? You're going to pay for your sin. You're always going to pay for your sin. And the righteous payment for sin is always going to be death. 
that verse goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how, how do we get this gift instead of the penalty, the punishment of death? And, and that's what Romans 5, 8 says, that God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that good news? That's how we get the gift. And so there comes a point in our life where I recognize I'm a sinner and that sin separated me from God. And and as a result of that sin, I deserve to die. But instead of death, God gives to me a gift, the gift of salvation. When I receive the gift of salvation, I don't get death, I get life. How do I do that? Well, it says in Romans 10 that if I declare with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved for it is, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and you're saved for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So just a quick question. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Has there been that moment in your life? Because everything we're about to talk about is kind of dependent upon that reality. The gifts that some of you have that are unwrapped, or that are wrapped, that need to be unwrapped, you only receive those if you first called on the name of the Lord. That's why Paul says, man, as a result of this overwhelming mercy, you have a responsibility. Let's continue in, in verse 2 and see what he goes on to say about how we live. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect and pleasing will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. He's describing how to discover what makes you tick. And and I think... If you discover what makes you tick spiritually, what motivates you, it's going to lead you to that fulfilling faith journey. If you don't, if you don't discover what makes you tick, you're probably going to be ticked. Or you, make the, you may make the people around you ticked. So let's not, let's not choose those options. Let's discover what makes us tick. And he gives us really three things in eight verses. First of all, he says, seek God's will. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. 
And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Give me a favor. Raise your hand if you want to know and do God's will. All my life, that's the number one things Christians say. I just, I, just want to, I just want God's will. Seek God's will. Number two, heed God's warning. He's going to tell us how we seek his will, and then he's going to tell us, hey, but be careful. There's a danger zone. And then number three, live God's way. First one, seek God's will. How do we seek God's will? Well, that's verse one and two. Look at it again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How do I seek God's will? I present myself to God. Here I am, Lord. I'm yours. At the core of our faith and at the center of God's will is the idea of surrender. It's it's putting my yes on the table. It's bending the knee. It's, It's bowing the head. It's acknowledging that there's a sovereign and I am not the sovereign. There's a king and I am not the king, but I live for and answer to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How do I do that? Well, he goes on to tell us, I intentionally reject conformity to this world, the patterns of this world. I I don't begin to look like the world. In other words, I'm not a chameleon. Have you seen a chameleon? He, He looks like whatever he's around. Have you seen a person that's a chameleon? If they're at church, it's hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. They're lifting, they know when to lift their hands, they know everything. But on Saturday night in a different location, they have different behaviors. So don't be a chameleon conforming to the patterns of the world. What are some of the patterns of the world? Well, I I think of uh, selfishness. I would probably word it this way. It's all about me. I just want to take care of number one. That's the pattern of the world. Look at every advertisement on, on your media. Look at how you're marketed to. It, it's that you are what's most important. And as a result, another pattern of the world is, is the seeking of pleasure, isn't it? So what makes me feel good? I mean, so if, if I need to drink more or I need to take more, if I need to have more sex or be in illicit relationships, whatever makes me feel good pleasure, which leads to another pattern of the world, which is addiction. Just give me more, give me more, give me more. And I'm going to just feed this pleasure-seeking selfishness until I get more. And so he's saying, you want to please God, you want to do his will, reject that. Don't conform. Don't be a chameleon. Instead, experience metamorphosis. That's the word that he uses next, which is intentionally transform your mind. And he really talks about the renewing of the mind. Let God renew your mind and take away those thoughts of selfishness and, and pleasure that lead to addiction, those things of the world, and replace that, renew it with the things of God. Then with that fresh and new mind, you'll begin to look at life and you'll see God's will. We could spend the whole time just talking about God's will, but I, I want to tell you what you just got as a bonus. 
You want to know how to know and do God's will? When you have the mind of Christ, the mystery resolves. You're not trying to have to figure it out. It becomes clear because you're able to test and approve his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. So, he says, seek God's will. But then secondly, you've got to heed God's warning. Notice what he goes on to say in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. What does that mean? He's saying, look at yourself realistically. Because the danger is we get into this mode of I'm seeking after God and we we realize we fail, so we start to pretend and we puff up projecting something that we are not. And I've seen this all my life in church. And that's why as a pastor, I, I regularly try to remind you that, man, I fail and I sin and I, I let down God and I... I let down the people closest to me. I let down others. I, I struggle with the control of my thoughts. And sometimes my actions are not pleasing to God. And, and my tongue often causes me to sin. And, and I have to confess and, and ask forgiveness. Because I, I want you to see that that's the norm. See, we've become good at being professional Christians. So we we pretend. And regardless of how we dress outwardly, we put on our church self. And we know when to raise our hand, and, and we know when to clap, and, and we, we know when to act like something is good, while on the inside our life is falling apart, and, and we're filled with doubt, or, or last night, or Friday night, we, we were sinful, and, and we, were, we were in a club, or, or we were caught up in a relationship that was dishonoring to God, or, or we're sitting by our spouse now, and we're, we're trying to play the part, but our marriage is falling apart, and, and life is crumbling before us, but boy, we're pretending. And I think he would call that thinking of yourself more highly than you ought rather than looking at yourself with sober judgment. And so I would just tell you while moving on that, you know, if that triggered something, and that was my purpose. It should have triggered something because I understand who we are. I know who I am. (laughs) This is a hospital, peeps. So if that triggered something, I want to encourage you to seek some help. And and first you do that because if you're a follower of Christ, you've got access through the Holy Spirit of God to God. The Bible tells us that Jesus is your advocate and he's there on behalf. And and it begins with just acknowledging, man, I'm not what I'm pretending to be. But secondly, come to us, whether after one of our services or during the week, come to one of our pastors. And here's a newsflash. You're not going to shock us. We've heard it. I mean, do you think your life is going to shock us? We deal with prostitution. We deal with addiction of every kind. We deal with swingers. Your junk's not going to surprise us, and it doesn't surprise God. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Submit yourself to him. Surrender to him, and let's get in there being the body, which is the third thing. He's saying, seek God's will, heed God's warning, and then live God's way. And that seems like an oversimplification. <laughs> How do we do it? Just do it God's way. But it kind of is. And that's the problem. Some of us have, have not understood that. That God created you. 
Do you know that? The same God that hung the moon in the sky and has power over the weather. He created you. And in fact, it says you were wonderfully made by him knit together in your mother's womb. And he made us all different. That's why his parents were taught by Proverbs that our goal is to train up a child in the way that he should go. It's literally a word that means the way that they are bent, B-E-N-T, naturally. We have five children, every one of them different. If we parent them in the same way, we're going to fail. If we recognize that God has given them different personalities and different gifts and different abilities, and we understand that and we try to raise them up in that understanding, we're going to have more success. So scripture throughout is going to say, God created you. You're unique. You're valuable. That's why every life matters. And you're going to be most effective when you discover the specific, unique way that he created you. So how do we know the way to go? Well, that's what Thomas asked Jesus. And Jesus said, John 14, I am the way. So so the first step to living life God's way, I'm just telling you, it always goes back to the gospel. Everything in your life goes back to the gospel. The first step to living God's way is surrendering to Jesus. Then you begin to say, all right, God, I'm created in your image. I'm saved by your grace. How then am I distinct? You're not one in a million. You're one in all of creation. So how do you discover that? That's what Paul is dealing with in the following verses. Uh, Look in verse 4. Just as each one of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us, and then it goes through the list, seven of them. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So, so just like in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, he's reminding Christ's followers, you are a body not unlike the human body. There are a bunch of different parts. We are different, but we're one. By the way, that's why the Scripture teaches us repeatedly about the Trinity, that which we have trouble understanding. But the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, distinct, different, yes, one, yes. Diversity, and yet unity. And, and that's what the church is. When we're functioning healthy. We're a body. A body that is diverse. But a body that enjoys unity. Remember how we talked about how different parts of the body have a different role? I, I cursed myself last week because I gave this illustration. And then I went home and I experienced it. When I stumped my toe... You stump your toe, and in a millisecond, the nerves send a message to the brain, and you think, ah, 
ow, that hurt. And then in another millisecond, the brain sends a message to the tongue and you say, ouch. And then in another millisecond, the, the brain sends a message to the hand and the hand reaches down and begins to rub the toe. All different parts of the body. All with important functions. That's why I want you to unwrap your gift. You have a function in the body. And when you unwrap your gift, life's more enjoyable. And when you unwrap your gift, the body, the church is edified. And when you unwrap your gift, it points others to Jesus. Because they say, wow, now that person is living in their area of giftedness. But what happens if the body's not functioning properly? We have a term for that, right? Sickness, illness, You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.